So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, 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 or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Oh, hello. Hi. This very much feels like one of those one of those times that I'm suddenly realizing, oh, this is what we're doing as I'm pressing record of like that we're actually podcasting right now. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like, okay, for context, I had sedation this morning and I still feel a little weird from that. Mm-hmm. But this afternoon after I got home from having sedation for, I had sedation to have like some nerve block injections in my back. For her foot. For my foot, to help my foot. And I think I just felt so weird from it that it was kind of like I didn't know what I was doing until suddenly I realized what I was doing. Okay. So Tim comes out of his office and I'm sitting at the orange table doing logic of English with Selah. And I had no intention of like doing English with her that day because I knew I was having like this done and that I would be like needing to nap. And he like walks out and he's like, oh. And I'm like, I didn't know I was doing this right now. I'm like, <laughs> like in the middle of a test and I'm like, I, I have no idea why I'm doing mm-hmm. school right now. But suddenly he's I just. He's like, you need to go get sedated every morning <laughs> I'm so like, that you accidentally know. do your tasks. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I should be like sleeping this off. But instead, well, see, I probably learned wrong things. <laughs> Or something, but yeah. it was just that's how I feel about right now. Where I'm like, oh, you suggested this, you got everything, I got it ready. I don't know what I thought I was about to do, but as soon as I hit record, I was like, this is where we are. So, hi, here we are. We're it's it's also not our normal time. It's yeah, we didn't plan to do this. Tonight. No, it, was it a very all is decision. coming together. It's Thursday night instead of Friday night, but but chips off both nights, which also feels like weird. Strange, yes. It's not normal. Yeah. So yeah, we just decided let's go for it. I feel also like I am currently sedated, <laughs> but not because of any drugs, just because. The drug of I pregnancy. I think I'm just getting old. I don't remember being this tired other times. Really? Yeah. In other pregnancies, you don't? Not, not like all of my, like... Not all day. You feel like you had really periods of the day that were exhausting to this level? For sure. But not the, like... Every time that I fall asleep early in the evening and then sleep in, I think, well, that... We'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> but it doesn't at yeah. all. Not even like... So I I forced myself to get up at 8.30 today. And then I didn't come out of my room until almost 10. But I wasn't doing anything important. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing. I cleaned the bathroom. So that was... But that shouldn't... Yeah. It probably took me like a half an hour mm-hmm. that it probably should have taken me like five minutes. I I mean, I would like get from, it, it reminds me of what you told me. Like I would get from my bed. It took me like a good 15 minutes to move from my bed to my chair. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I just sat in the chair for a little while. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, it just... And tomorrow you'll be nine weeks? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of that to say, I came out and then I ate breakfast thinking, okay, I just need to eat breakfast and then it'll... (laughs) And in the mornings when I wake up, I'm not... I, I don't feel very sick. Like slightly it's a lot better if chip is there and makes me breakfast and brings it to me but it doesn't feel like i feel like that's definitely the best time of day as far as this morning how i feel about eating but i'm still like in super slow mm-hmm. motion speed yeah then i got around to doing bible with my kids maybe around 11 and Immediately upon finishing Bible, I fell over on the couch, (laughs) called out some things they could do to make lunch, and fell asleep into a deep enough sleep that I had a dream, and I got woken up by it abruptly, and I felt like I was so confused because normally I haven't been napping until the afternoons, and so then I felt like... It's almost time for dinner, but it, the kids were actually eating lunch, and I didn't wake and up. And you feeling... had your iron checked, right? Uh huh. And that was fine. Yeah. So it's not like you're like. No, I'm. I feel like most people uh, hearing this would immediately think anemic. No, I. My... Maybe not most people. Maybe some. Well, people. I had my hemoglobin checked, and it was twelve point seven, and that's been around what all of my pregnancies yeah. have started at. So I don't feel like that's. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. It's. So then I kind of dragged myself together and made myself a smoothie. But that, it's like, I asked you if you had frozen bananas. It's like every step of it takes like much, much longer than Mm -hmm. it should. Mm -hmm. And just to drink the smoothie feels like I have to just sit there and like drink it Mm -hmm. and not be doing anything else. Yeah. Just see so what you need to do as we were just talking about a to do list is you need to put like drink smoothie on your to do list. Well, maybe you don't see, get satisfaction of crossing things off a list like I do. No, that's not the problem. The problem is that I already am a person in normal life who thinks that I can get more things done yes, in a are. smaller amount of time than what mm-hmm. they actually take. Mm-hmm. But right now, <laughs> I'm also moving at like <laughs> half speed. So maybe I need to make a to-do list for you. Of where I only have, have like six things yes. on it. And I'm like... That's what your day is. Yeah. So, I mean, I am trying to remind myself that when I... When I think about... I need to do some sort of school with my kids. I, the, the emotion it brings up in me is just wanting to cry. Mm-hmm. Because I feel so, like my brain feels like not mm-hmm. functioning and my body feels not functioning. And all I want to do is like lay back over on the couch mm-hmm. again and go back to sleep. But I've just been praying and somehow we did like geography and I did logic of English and math with Archer. I did math with Titus, and I've been making him do two lessons a day, so we had two lessons to check. And I did logic of English with him. I think the I did most math with Brinley. Challenging part that we both said in 
specifically schooling is like looking at what there is to like how many kids there are and how many subjects you want to do and how much there would be to do what is immediately which what paralyzes me like what i'm like and let's just not even i feel like that's normally the case but i feel like right now with how bad i feel even if my only thing on the to-do list was like math with archer and that was and i wasn't even trying it would still feel like I don't want to do that right now. Like, yeah. I just feel mm-hmm. like every task... But it's a weird feeling because, it, you know, when you are in those seasons of, like, apathy slash, like, mild depression and you don't want to do anything and you mm-hmm. want to lay in bed because you're just wanting to not do... you don't care. Right. That it, it feels like a strange feeling to have it be, like, a totally different... Where you actually do care and actually want to, but, like, physically... But, like, like, physically, I feel like I don't know that I am, like, able to do that, though. Yeah. But Oops, I just leaned in the microphone and said, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to grab my phone. <laughs> I said it really loud, too. Um, so... I don't remember being this tired other times... I'm guessing, I do think that even though my hemoglobin is normal, I do think there could be a correlation with Mm -hmm. being anemic so recently Mm -hmm. and my body trying to compensate and everything. I had like vitamin levels checked and those were good. And so I don't know. I don't even remember being this tired when I was pregnant with the twins, except that I was reading something the other day that, like a blog post or something that said that I had been falling asleep early and that I was taking one to two naps a day and that I was so thankful that Chip was being so supportive and letting me nap so much. Mm -hmm. So apparently it must have been kind of similar because that's the part that feels crazy is... Usually, I feel like I might fall asleep a little bit early some nights, but I'm still getting up at my normal time, and then I might need a nap, like, once yes. in the afternoon. Yeah. But it feels like several days where I, like, already need a nap, like, two hours after I wake up, and then two hours after that, I'm like, I want to take another nap, mm-hmm. and just... But it's probably I'm just getting old, and... Run down, worn out. Well, and every pregnancy is, is It's my first geriatric pregnancy, so that has. Once you cross that line, there thirty-five comes and goes. I think. I don't know old. how to explain my pregnancy with Boaz then. Yeah, I don't know. Because I was only the young, thirty-two. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Nine weeks tomorrow. Great. Already looking. Very bloaty. Mm-hmm. Already gaining way too much weight. Yeah. But you're geriatric. <laughs> Here we are. The helpful part is that I have a lot of older kids, so I could just sort of spout off some orders of go get the bagel bites from the freezer. Some kids cut up a cucumber. Some kids cut up a pepper. Yeah. Kenzie cut up peaches for dessert at the end. And they literally... Can do all. Yeah. It doesn't... 
it was no problem at all. They just made lunch and gave it to all the kids. I heard one of them praying for the meal. So that is definitely a huge difference from like five kids, five and under that. Yes, I feel like I'm not at that stage yet. And so you're like on the brink. You're getting close. Close. Couple more years. Yeah. Maybe by the next baby. Wow, that's optimistic. <laughs> All of that <laughs> sentence, the whole thing, just feels. <laughs> maybe in I was thinking, like, I'm having my 10th baby, like, maybe by your 10th baby. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so. What's you had a you had sedation today? You had a nerve block for your this was my second foot sedation this week. Yes. I am like fully drugged from the week. Yes, and I had to take a, two muscle relaxers for my back yesterday. It was really bad. So Did I'm it help just getting adjusted. It was it was worse after. It always is like worse right after, and gotcha. then it like kind of evens slowly. out. <clears throat> so so. As far as your foot, you have more appointments coming up, but yes, I do. You're hopeful I that am walking on it now, and I haven't worn the boot. Technically, I'm supposed to be wearing it through tomorrow, but I just stopped made wearing the decision it. that you were, and that's been okay. I might see when I see the doctor tomorrow if there's like an in between between like nothing in the boot just to give some support, but. Like, what would be the best option for that? Or if that would just hinder me, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and, but I feel like, I don't want to say every day there's progress because there, I feel like there's a lot of two steps forward, but one step back. But maybe every week. Every week feels, if I think back to like a week from now, I'm like, there's definitely been progress. Yeah. And then a week from there, definitely progress. But if you think about it in daytime, it definitely can be discouraging. Yeah. But, yeah. That makes sense. So, overall, that's going good. Bo has allowed us to sleep the last three nights. God was really gracious. And, and it is just... I mean, he literally went from, like, being not up sleeping all night. at all. Like, when I say that, I feel like people think, oh, just, just newborn to sleep up every couple hours. Like, no, he was up all the time. Tim and I would have to take shifts where, like, I would sleep for a couple hours, and then Tim would be up with him, and then Tim would sleep for a couple hours, and I would be up with him, and that was all we got. And that was the end. Mm-hmm. For like days upon days upon days upon days upon weeks. But the last three days, he only woke up two times in the night. It's like God graciously allowed for the switch from his days to nights. And I feel like it happened on the, the day, day it really needed to happen. When yes. I was like prepping for a colonoscopy. And, and I feel like the cool part about it was that you... You had no capacity to... Even think it was possible. Or you weren't, like, planning and trying, like, I'm going to try to get him to be on a day right. schedule there was, like, today. nothing that I could... Nothing that you take credit could for. do or tried to do or right. even It was did just literally, other than I remember specifically praying, praying with my kids before bed for him to... And I said, like, this feels impossible, God, but I just pray that you would allow him to sleep. And that was the night that he slept. And it was really cool to, like, wake up the next morning and tell Kay, like, remember when I prayed that God would have both sleep? And mm-hmm. he did. And Kate was like, what? That's so cool. Because, yeah. So, anyway. That's that. I'm a little bit more encouraged in that front. Yep. 
So, last week, we, part two, we talked about just the actual car accident for me and what that was like for you and me and all of that. Yes. We had gotten to, I think we talked about Sailor's surgery afterwards and basically up to when you guys got, like, we're getting home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about them wheeling you in in the office chair and all of that. But after that... I don't think we got too far into your post-accident right. time. Yeah. So, I'm probably never going to remember any of the details, but... Um, the first... Your, I don't remember if you said this. You might have said this on the last podcast, but about... I think you did. About that you had probably gotten them to let release you release me earlier than I probably should have actually yes. gone. Yes. So I remember you getting home and kind of being like this was a huge mistake. Like yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do It was to do the this. level of pain I was in in the and like just to like sit up in bed to eat something or to have to go to the bathroom. I was like intentionally dehydrating myself so I wouldn't have to like get up to go to the bathroom because it was so, so hard and painful. Let alone like trying to take a shower. That right. was like And you needed help for everything. Everything. At that first. Everything to go to the bathroom. Everything I needed Tim to be helping me do. And that was that was really hard because I knew he was balancing six other children one of whom just had, like, eye surgery, and... Uh, Thankfully, his mom was here and staying here. Yes. That was that a huge was, help. Yes. And our church was really supportive. And, and every day we had someone had, coming from church to either help clean or help play with kids or help do As something. well as meals, I feel like. And meals. Yeah, it was... So it's not like you were left alone and abandoned no, during the time. I feel no, like God was, was so gracious to be supplying for so yes. many things. It's hard for me to even like fathom how people go through something like that without without like the church family support. I mean, it was like it felt so hard. Those days felt so 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 hard, but I can't imagine what they would have felt like without like people dropping off food, people coming to clean my house, people coming to play with kids, people coming to like check on me and visit with me, people like I just can't imagine mm-hmm. what that would have been like because it was so hard with all of that right. that like you know there was no there was nothing that I could like there was not so, like a need I felt like there I wasn't something say, that you thought if only someone such could and bring such, this or drop this, this or buy this it. for us or then it would be better because I feel I feel like I had like a list of people saying like there's anything I can do and I'm like other than like give me a new healing, body <laughs> like there's not yeah. um and so um th- there was there was a lot of those first few days there was a lot of i remember feeling really overwhelmed by like trying to figure out the like insurance company stuff and like getting car seats for our car like new car seats and just things that felt like kind of needed to like get the ball rolling on but it felt like the last thing you really wanted wanted to do when I was like and I had to do them because I was just laying there in bed but I also was laying there in bed on drugs so I'm like trying to like call insurance companies and like give statements and like figure out what I need to even be doing but I was also like 
on a groggy. lot of painkillers and things like not that. Not sleeping super well, even when you were you were sleeping enough, but not yeah good sleep. Yeah. So it was definitely. And then just managing doctor appointments. Uh, yes. I had a lot of doctor appointments with different doctors trying to figure out was it, what was even going on and all of that. So. And meanwhile, I guess it was about a week that Chip was still home working, but he was working every day. So yeah. it was, he was just busy and he was trying to get some stuff done around our house while he was home. And then he came back to Michigan and that's when our more vacation time of our trip started was when he got back. So we were talking, you and I were talking every day, mm-hmm. multiple times, some days, some day, times once a day, depending on what other things you had going on and what other things I had going on. We had a three-hour time difference, yeah. so that always just... Makes things a little bit more complicated. Yes. Um, but through like Marco Polo and things, we were keeping each other updated on stuff. I um, I'm looking back at our messages with each other, uh-huh. and I'm remembering <laughs> uh, our dear friend Nicoletta, who I'm sure is listening to this, came over. She came over like I don't even know lots of lots of times to like just massage my body and then she really came often to like in the first days to like change out my arm I had like a wound on my arm a burn wound that like needed dressing changes. dressing changes and I don't do well with wounds at all and it was starting to look infected so it needed to like really be done so she was coming over to like give adjust she's a chiropractor to give chiropractic adjustments to tim and his mom and that anyone who was there at the house but she would come back and she would just try to like help massage my back and like stretch me from being like in bed um and then she would like change my wound and just pray with me and talk with me and um but there was one time that she came to change my dressing and she had been like pouring hydrogen peroxide on it <laughs> to clean it. And one time the alcohol bottle was out from some like sticky tape she was putting on. What's Taking that? off the adhesive. Yes. Um, but she accidentally grabbed the bottle of alcohol and poured it all over my wound. <laughs> And it was so... It's probably what healed your infection. The next day, the infection was gone. And it was like... It's like... She was like, I'm so sorry. But also, maybe that was providential because it was probably really good for it. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, she wouldn't necessarily want to intentionally make it burn like that. It was just like, oh my. If anyone else would have done this. But somehow it felt like I'm used to her adjusting me and, like, hurting you. Hurting me in ways, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, anyway, that was. She didn't only do painful things to you. No. She came and painted my toes, gave it, me a little pedicure before I had bow. I had literally, the day before she did that, you said you had also just been thinking about that. About but, me getting a pedicure uh-huh. with the girls? But I had also oh, really? just been thinking about that, and I was 
I wouldn't say I was like specifically praying like God send someone to do this but I was definitely like it was in my mind of like how are we going to be able to do this for Abby and like make sure that this gets done Mm -hmm. and like who could I call for context I typically always right before every baby go out with my girls and get a pedicure it's like our thing that we do every time before I have a new baby so this time Grace Grace had been asking about it since the second I told her I was pregnant so it's a much look forward to thing with my girls and I knew this time it wasn't going to happen right so our friend came with nail polish without knowing those details or maybe knew them like no she didn't I don't think she knew them okay and she just said like can I paint your toes in the girls and I was like Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. So those were some... That was just like one of the little ways that God was totally bringing these Mm -hmm. things and paying attention to these details during this time that was so incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. And those things felt frivolous and unnecessary, but also felt necessary in a different sort of way and that God was just providing them without anyone needing to even organize it. He was just bringing about the details yes yeah for sure and what it was like very very soon after your accident i told you about this already but we had a mutual friend who was gonna visit abby and had messaged me and asked me if there was something that she could pick up for me to take to abby like (laughs) Basically implying like something special that like would be like, like she'll know like it's from you right away. And it was like, (laughs) it felt embarrassing because like, are we even, are we even friends? (laughs) I sat there for a, a long time and could not come up with anything that felt like if she just walks If someone would have in, asked me that about you, actually, someone did. I remember. Someone did after your miscarriage. Someone messaged me and asked that exact same question. Not as, like, from me, but just what is something you would really like? Well, I feel like it's different. I feel like that's okay. a different question. Because well, her, her thing was, like, if she walks in and hands it to you, you'll know immediately... This is Danny. Danny sent this. <laughs> And I was well. I didn't even know what to tell someone. There's nothing. I have no idea. So I did eventually. A few days later, that's when it it like irritated me so badly. (laughs) That's what ended up leading to the onesie for Bo. Oh, really? Because as I was thinking through, like, what is she missing out on right now? What do I know that she just really loves? It. I knew it wouldn't be like you would immediately know it's from me, but it caused me to spend, like, days, like... Thinking about it. I need to think of something Mm -hmm. special to send her. So, it's neat that God did allow the thing that he ended up bringing to my mind to be be so so impactful for you. Yes, I... So, I put this on Facebook, but I um, had tie-dyeing things for my babies right before I have a new baby is something that I've always loved doing and was really looking forward to this pregnancy doing and I had like I feel like in the past you've always loved it but it hasn't necessarily been a like a major thing thing, but I felt like this time major it it was was. like I needed I had like 
ended up planning to have some pregnant moms over that we were going to have a tie-dye party and just make a bunch of onesies and burp rags and blankets for our babies. And I like bought them all and bought the kits. I printed off a ton of like extra birth affirmations that they could take home with them. And I was like so excited to have this little like party. And that party was scheduled for the day after the accident. So obviously it was canceled. And all of the supplies, though, was sitting in the top shelf of my closet. And my closet doesn't have closet doors on it. And it's, like, exactly in my line of sight every day that I would stare at all Exactly the- lined up. Yes. Just what straight ahead That's all I see is- in my bed. And so I kept, like, seeing it. And every time I would get teary and start being like, what? This shouldn't... Out of all the things, this shouldn't be that big of a deal that I'm not going to get to do this. Like, it's... Oh, it's a tie-dyeing. It's a onesie. It's not, like... It's not the end of the world, but because Bo was so strongly, like, yellow to me, I really just wanted to tie-dye a yellow onesie for him because it just felt just so significant, like, his color did to me, and so... And you had never said that to me, but I had picked up on the fact that yellow was really important to you for him. Yes. And that tie-dyeing was really important to you. Right, but you didn't know that... That was, like, It it was making me that upset. No. To the fact that I had a friend over visiting me, Melissa, and we're sitting there just talking. And I, as we're talking, I look up and I see it again. I start getting teary and I'm like, I know this is going to sound really stupid. And I just start crying to her and I'm like, I, this sounds like a big deal, but I just need you. Could you please get up and like get all that stuff off the top of my shelf and like hide it in my closet somewhere because I can't take looking at it anymore. And she was kind of like, sure, but I'm like bawling at this point. And she's kind of just like, that just feels like, you know, right. An overreaction, I'm sure in her mind, but it just was day after day of looking at it that I just needed it to not be there anymore. And so she moved it. And then I think it was the next day. It was really soon or after. Or two days after, maybe. I think it might have been the next day, though, that I got a package in the mail from Danny, who didn't know any of that, who sent me a yellow tie-dye from Etsy. I opened it up, and I just started bawling because it was literally, like, the only... Like, the Lord is the only one who knew the level in which this was upsetting me. Like, And I felt like it, you, I had never told you after days of praying like what is something yes. that is special that I can get her yes that will and it be... was just one of those things that was so like so much out of the entire and like recovery period of God being like I'm not just gonna take care of like you financially I'm not just gonna take care of you like in providing helpers around your house but the like small what seemingly frivolous things that are important to your heart like I know about those too doesn't mean he's gonna like give you every small and frivolous want he, he won't but he knows them and, and he either is giving them to you because he wants you to have them or he's not giving them to you because he doesn't want you to have them for some other reason mm-hmm. and it just was such a like tangible real like expression of that that like and like the you know, God you who, didn't like, get to have your whole tie-dye party and you don't right. have tons of pieces and blankets and but he did still know mm-hmm. a thing to give you yeah. that was a piece of that. So too. really it was like from the Lord and God, God just used you as the purchaser. <laughs> Which was really cool though because yeah. it that's, I think we both feel like it's a better thing to 
be able to have a connection with each other over a thing that makes us both from both of our perspectives feel like God was answering my prayers Mm -hmm. of what could be a special thing for you and God was providing in that way and it makes it it is the onesie like cute and special yes but it wouldn't no. It wouldn't matter if yes. it weren't for God yes. being who It matters he is. even more than if I had a tie day party and made him a onesie. Right. Like the the behind when I look at which every time it's clean, he wears. Like and he wears it. it for multiple days, even when he spits up on it. <laughs> I feel like he's that's his uniform right now. And it just is like every time I see it, I'm reminded. Every single time I'm reminded of God's goodness. So when the days are hard as having a newborn and they are, like that still continues to be a tangible reminder that, like, God knows, he sees, and he's going to provide mm-hmm. in the ways that he wants to provide, even if it doesn't look in the same way like I would want it to look like. Right. So that was, I mean, there was so many examples of those things where I, I mean, we talked about, like, my bed and having that on hand. Mm. There was times that, like, people brought over things that just felt like exactly for another example was I was thinking about how I really wanted to have like a name one of those like name signs with like where you put their like weight and time and that you like the wooden ones yes. right it was specifically yes, what the wooden you... ones that you like can take a picture with them after they're born you know and I was looking at them one morning on Facebook or not on Facebook on my phone and I was like pricing them out thinking like maybe I should order one of these so when I have Bo it just looks like a I've never done something like that but I had them up on my phone and I'm like and I just kind of shopped and then shut it off and never bought one and then the person who came over that day who I had never met before maybe I met her once um came over and brought two baby blankets with one of those wood signs that was like a gift for Bo and like handed it to me and I was just so like because it's not something that you were like praying and asking God no. to provide it or and it's not something that is typical, I mean, a, a typical not at all thing yeah. I mean I think that might have been the only we there was only a couple times that someone has brought a gift for Bo and so it just felt very on the day mm-hmm. like literally hours from it reminds was, me back to when I felt like the same thing happened with the ornament for yes. like my Christmas baby where it was something I don't know that if you've talked about that on here I'm not sure I think I did at the time when we went over but that it was a few days after my surgery and it hadn't even registered to me to want an ornament until on a Wednesday I thought oh, I hate shopping for ornaments I don't want to buy an ornament but I really I'm gonna have to figure out and buy an ornament for this baby and that night with our meal which was a meal that they like picked up at in and out they also brought a gift, and the gift was an ornament that was mm. perfect. It was, it was like, I feel like there's no way I could have found. Yeah. It, it had context, aspects. You give you on your tree. You have an ornament for each child. But not this type of ornament. No, I know. I'm just saying, like that's why you felt like you wanted an ornament was to mm. like. No, just because it was a Christmas baby. Oh, okay. Not because I because we don't even sometimes we put I mean we put the ornaments of our kids on the tree, but they're a very they're a ball with their name on it. Mm-hmm. This just felt like though when Christmas comes this year, you want to have something to put on the tree. For yes, the like there's we're gonna be remembering, and so it just feels like why would we not get something mm-hmm. like that when it's like gonna be at Christmas yeah. time? But the fact that again, it just felt so. It, 
uh, like the fact that someone else also thought of that and then picked out details on it that I would not have even thought to pick out but that I loved mm-hmm. and so yeah. it, yes God is good at doing things like this and yeah so moral of my of the story in that is I had someone ask me like what are the things that have been the most helpful that people have done to like serve you and my answer honestly feels like the things that were like the most special were like the things that like someone very obviously prayed and asked the Lord and the Lord told them like outside of the box things that like or maybe in some cases they didn't specifically pray about it but God still brought sure because I do feel like there's times that we're not even praying about something and God is like take this to this person and you're kind of sometimes that can catch you really off guard and you can feel like I would agree but my answer to the question is if you're wondering how to serve somebody you should pray and ask God and God will lead you in that and that might just be like but also don't ignore things like of a meal or offering to watch their kids and all those like normal things but it also might be like some really weird obscure like go paint her toenails which feels like a very like like vulnerable thing putting yourself out they're like hi can i paint your toenails like yes for sure so i just and also don't ignore though when you feel prompts of those things that feel very left field that -hmm. you weren't even praying for yeah but it's so easy when things like that where we are in vulnerable positions and you might you might get rejected you might go and offer to do something really strange and they mm-hmm. might say like, right, no, that's okay. Yeah. And, but I think it's always more worth if, if God puts a kind of crazy prompt on your heart or thought in your head mm-hmm. and kind of won't leave you alone about it, but it feels awkward. I always think it's better to just put Do yourself be out awkward. there and be awkward and potentially be rejected in your offer or whatever right because the options in that are like you're gonna look a little weird and feel awkward if it wasn't something that was what they were hoping for wanting or like god's gonna get the glory in in the situation in which right you serve them in a way that they feel very much like god served them right for sure but i think we live in a culture where it's easy to want to worry about how we look oh yeah and I, so it mm-hmm. can be really easy to explain away when yes. god asks us to do really mm-hmm. strange things and kind of disobey yeah under the guise of well that's just really weird mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that can't possibly be what you are asking me to do right now yeah um so yeah definitely be prayerful in the ways you serve and mm-hmm. be prayerful in in times that you even feel like you want someone else to be served and you don't feel like it's you're in a place sometimes god asks you to do yes. it and he provides and yes. sometimes he makes it clear that it's not supposed to be yes. you i was just having a conversation with someone today about this of like there are times that like god is asking you to put your life on hold to serve somebody but there's also times that he's asking you to not He's asking you to do your do your duties and to say no and then be and to trust over. him. Yes, pray and mm-hmm. ask him to provide for yes. that person to be mm-hmm. don't just ignore it but mm-hmm. and don't understand. be so prideful to think that like 
I have to be the one to do this for somebody because right. no one else could. Right. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So, I don't... It feels like from there on, throughout the next... Like, over those so four, four weeks, four weeks right? of recovery, your mother-in-law stayed for the first two, two weeks. weeks. Mm-hmm. And I know it felt intimidating to you when she was leaving. Yeah, that was really hard. But we had two hired... Um, a girl from the church for one of the weeks, and then the other week. No, we were not getting two of the weeks. We I'm had, not sure. I don't know, but there was four weeks until I had Bo that we had someone over every day. I think for some of that time, it was still just the people coming in that the church had kind of set up. Yeah, and just Tim uh-huh. not work trying to and, like not and Tim wasn't working right. Yeah. Um. So we were getting ready to come home from our trip. We were leaving on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Our plan was to head to my sister's house in Indianapolis on Thursday night and stay there, drive all day Friday to get close to a friend's house in Texas. Our plan was to wake up Saturday morning and drive the last hour to visit our friends and be with them on Saturday night and Sunday night. We were thinking about driving a few hours on Sunday night uh, away from their house, starting towards home, and then driving Monday, and then um, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to drive a really, really long day Monday and get home super late Monday night, Mm -hmm. or if we were going to drive part of the way Monday and then stop somewhere and then get home on Tuesday, and Chip had to work on Wednesday. This is at the end of July, so we are Trying to get home either late the 26th or sometime on the 27th. Mm-hmm. And Chip had to work on the 28th. And we woke up on Thursday and we disassembled all of our beds, got everything packed. And it was around 10 in the morning. We were planning to leave right after lunch we didn't get everything packed in the car. We were starting to pack up clothes and things. And our five-year-old came in and said he didn't feel well. And we got him a bowl and he immediately threw up. And then he fell asleep for two hours. So at that point, we were kind of like, what are we supposed to do? Mm -hmm. It felt like we've already disassembled things and loaded things up enough that you need to leave it felt like to to reset everything up and stay and not knowing like are more kids gonna get sick because if they do it's never gonna be a good time to leave and with sickness it could take much longer to travel than you know we might not be able to put in 10 hour days and yeah of driving and so We decided we're still leaving, but my sister was getting ready to go and visit her husband's grandma, so she really needed to be careful not to be directly exposing their family Mm -hmm. to sickness. And then our friends also, I mean, it makes sense, like... No one wants to have someone with a puking kid come over. It's one thing if it's like a fever, I don't know, that feels like maybe different to me. Yes. But puking is just, nah. So... At this point, we 
just decide to cancel all of that and just start driving and see how far we get and do kind of normal days as much as we can, as long as we can. And it was really funny because he woke up, he had a yogurt, he said he was feeling a lot better. We got in the car and we're driving and we're still kind of trying to figure out at this point, like, was that just like a fluke? Did he just yeah. eat something that Because sometimes your younger kids have weird like blood sugar things where they throw up. I know that didn't well, totally th- fit that. The other but... thing about it is he had been out picking blueberries and eating them. And there was a part of me that was like, did he just eat some green, like extra green berries? And he like on an empty stomach. And so just his body didn't like something about that because, you know, it's not like we're just out picking blueberries and eating them all the time to know, especially then the quantity, like did that affect something, you know, but we get to the point that we have to make the decision and we're, we are like, well, if we decide that he might be fine and we try to go towards our friend's house and then he ends up not being fine, we're going to have driven... Like Like four hours out of your way. Out of our way and for nothing. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of had to make the decision. But it felt especially hard because then I asked the kids what they wanted to eat for dinner and he wanted Taco Bell, which felt like... Surely he must be fine if he wants, he Taco, wants Bell. Taco Bell for dinner. So we got Taco Bell. He ate. and But we didn't go towards our friend's house. And like two hours later, I'm in the middle of giving a live update on Facebook. And he starts throwing up again, thankfully, in a puke bag. And it was fine. But... It was like I was at the point of feeling like, well, we probably like God is redirecting our plan for some reason. We don't know what, but I don't even think Archer's sick. And then it was like God was giving me this reassurance like, no, you're doing the right thing. You're on the right. Like, you're you're obeying what I'm asking you to do. And he's still sick and you don't have to feel like you're regretting what way you're going or yeah. anything. He ended up getting a fever that night and having a fever through the next day. Uh, but... We gave him ibuprofen and he did fine in the car and he never had any more stomach problems. Um, And no one else did. One of our other kids was having, I don't think it was like true diarrhea and it wasn't like emergent, but every stop they were like needing to poop. Mm. Every stop. It was like seven times that day that were like, like and not wanting to eat much at all. Every time we would stop for a meal, they would say, I just want some French fries. And they'd eat, like, a few French fries. And so it was definitely yeah. they were off, but not. They they maintained every time, like, are you just not feeling very good? And they're like, no, I feel fine. I'm like, <laughs> well, clearly, you, clearly you don't, though, because this yeah. isn't normal. But thankfully, it wasn't, like, miserable for them or anything like that. Um, so we ended up making good time. And we were able to drive all the way to Chip's parents' cabin by Saturday. Mm-hmm. We got there by Saturday at dinner time. And yeah. we had had time to stop at Costco and get food to make for dinner there. And it was it was a time that... I needed so badly 
to have like a moment where there was nobody else around. There was no, it was just Chip and Chip and I and our kids, and I could have some time to just talk to Chip about what the next upcoming days and weeks mm-hmm. were. Because although you had been gone on this quote-unquote vacation, it was always with other people. It was like your grandpa's funeral, Chip being gone, you're with your parents, then you're with your sister's family. Like, it was lots of other people and other things going on that it wasn't like a family Right, there was never a time that it was just our family, ever. There hadn't been... Other than driving in the car and, like, staying in the hotels. Yes, which we're staying in, like, two hotel rooms and trying to make sure that our kids are okay and that our dogs Mm -hmm. are okay. And so it was never a, like, downtime. We can just breathe for a second. Right. And... I think there was definitely a level that Chip didn't understand that at all. I mean, he had just had, he Tons did downtime have, by himself. I, he had to work, but he had a lot of time where he didn't f- feel the weight of the responsibility of having, he was by himself. Mm-hmm. So he didn't even have the dogs to worry about. He really just could kind of go, come and go as he pleased and could sleep. And, yeah. um, so that was, oh, at that point we had, decided that we could stay there Saturday night and Sunday night and we were going to leave on Monday and get home really late Monday night. We were going to leave like Monday late afternoon and get home at past the kids bedtime and mm-hmm. then we would have Tuesday as a day for Chip to help unpack and unload and we had the day on Sunday and it was really, really nice. Normally when we're at Chip's parents' The cabin, original plan, though, was for you to come home Tuesday night if you would have gone to your friend's house. Yes. We still thought that maybe we would be able to... Right. But that was just like, yes. originally you were going to home home Tuesday night. We knew we had to be home by Tuesday yes. night because Chip had to work on Wednesday. I was never telling Abby that we were... We really wanted to be home at least really early in the day on Tuesday because I just knew how much I needed Chip to help me unpack. I just knew how horrible it was going to feel if we got in late Tuesday night and he had to leave for work Wednesday morning and I was just left with the aftermath of needing to get everything put away and stuff by myself. Plus, we wanted to, as we were planning out the driving and everything, there's always an, an amount you want to leave some leeway so that if things don't go yeah. quite according to plan time-wise yeah. and you get delayed, you have some time. So, but yes, I feel like for you, you had definitely just Tuesday mental night. noted yeah. Tuesday night because we, that was just like the hard deadline. Like we yes. have to be home Tuesday night. So you didn't want to have your hopes up that we would be home any sooner. Right. I wasn't. Get trying. I was definitely not telling you or trying to get your hopes up that we would be home any sooner. Right. But Monday night was always like the optimistic goal. But we basically woke up Monday morning and it kind of felt like we don't really need to stay here today. Like there's nothing to do. Like let's just get let's just get things wrapped up this morning and get in the car and go home and be home like by the afternoon and be able to see the Schweitzers tonight. And so we did that. But you didn't tell us. But we didn't tell you that, no. And so we got to surprise you. 
My surprise didn't work out how I hoped. No, it really didn't. It was kind of sad. <laughs> I had I had called Abby when I was at Costco in New Mexico because they had the quinoa pasta that we really like that we haven't been able to get at ours for a while. And I asked her if she wanted me to get her any. She said two bags of it. Mm-hmm. So I knew I knew there was a risk that I guess I had just hoped that someone would be letting you know. Even yeah. if it was a kid, that they would be I like... I live in bed. Yeah. So I was always left out of everything. I was hoping that... So we, we left them at her door and rang the doorbell and ran. So we were hoping that... I guess I just hoped that somebody would think, oh, that's weird that they didn't, like, stay, you know? Yeah. Like, I felt like even if people are dropping stuff off, probably the majority of people are, like, ringing yes, the doorbell yes. and handing them the things. I don't think our doorbell works. So I think that was probably probably part of the problem. Maybe that someone just no. We it. knocked. We knocked. Oh okay. Uh, we did something that we heard the door open from around the corner. Oh okay. So I think we just thought that I it don't would even know who like, got it. So I think maybe Tim. He like yeah. saw. So I think we and... thought it would be kind of like a mystery of like, like kind of like that's weird. Like why yeah. did nobody hand these to no one me. Cared. Someone sat on the counter and moved down. Yeah, the Tim didn't care, so we waited a long time. If they time. would have asked me, like, then yes, I would have said, like, oh, the Browns must be home early. But no one asked me, and so everyone yeah. was just kind of like, oh. So we were just waiting a long time Yeah, for somebody to go ask Abby what these random noodles were doing at the door. Never worked. I don't know what how we even end up ended up if one of the kids Archer just, just came over remember he was oh recording? we sent him over with the camera to and we it. sent him in through the backyard and yeah. just sat on your couch yeah so that was really fun that was a really fun evening to get to see each other yeah. and feel like I don't even know what we ate for dinner or I we literally I think got I had home. enough food from my Whatever. meal delivered that yeah. night. You ate with us. And then Tuesday morning, you came over and laid in bed with me all morning. Do you remember? And we, that was when we, like, Tim I went I thought to that was the, on Wednesday morning. Oh, that was. You're Tuesday right. was, like, a busy day. Yes, I was, you unpacked and everything. We had yes. a lot. I think I had to go grocery shopping. It was, like, it almost felt kind of like a sad day because I felt like there was so much to do that I wanted to just come and stay with you all day yeah but it felt like I don't I have to yeah get my life slightly in order it was Wednesday morning that you Wednesday morning I came over all morning Chip that was because Chip went to work that morning and it felt like we weren't trying together to get things done and so Mm -hmm. yeah we hung out for the morning and Tim went to get our van Mm mm-hmm um and yeah that was definitely a huge part of Boaz's birth story yeah starting was in those moments of of the van conversations I feel like that our van conversation leaked into many things do we want to save it for next next week do we want it what time we're at yeah we should yeah so we'll do I guess we're turning into more like five just doing all the episodes five episodes well, instead of next four next week will be Bo's birth Bo's birth and then we'll have a probably have one more wrap up I feel like we need to have like a 
those births from your perspective leading into your pregnancy because yes. that's a whole nother yes that's a totally thing. different thing i don't know that bo's birth will be a very long episode though hmm. I, I think that we'll probably be doing two more we'll find out it'll be a mystery but, all right great well i know that one was not as i feel like that was probably kind of anticlimactic but hopefully at least the takeaways from it yeah are the few things we highlighted of just i think we really wanted to make sure we we do give god the glory and and encourage encourage you encourage ourselves if we come back and listen to this that God is our good father. He is in the details. Yes. He is providing for us in each moment. And suffering is hard on so many, so many levels, but suffering is more so like a spiritual battle that you go through in like reminding yourself of what things are true. And it doesn't mean that you don't have emotions of like things are hard. Things are painful. This sucks. But you have, it is a battle of the mind of like remembering what are things that you know are true about God and about um, his word and about what he can and will do. And and having to live in light of those, like having yeah. to truly live it out. That was one of the things we talked about that morning that we're talking about when we, when I came over and we were sitting there mm-hmm. is that it was kind of really becoming apparent to me and has really one of the things God impressed upon me a lot was that we can know all these attributes of God and who he is in the midst of suffering and we can believe them. But until he takes us through having to put them into practice, we don't know them on. Yes. We know them like intellectually and like theologically, but to like, like put meat on the bones. It's and, like, like walk you it can out. read 20, 20 books on making sourdough bread and you might you might know what the process is, but until you right. have actually, gotten your hands in the dough yes. and you yes. actually made the bread, you don't know how to make the bread. Right. And the challenges that can come and like yes, you have to live out what these things that you say you believe in like a practical, like tangible way. Right. To, to really mm-hmm. know it, to really yeah. experience it, to really live it. And that's where we felt like, I think both of us have felt like these things have been so hard. And yet when we really look at it and we think about suffering and we think about the suffering that God has every right to bring our way, yeah, that he has he has been and he is and he i feel like i can much more confidently say that that he will provide in mm-hmm. whatever suffering he takes us into it's mm-hmm. easier to look at the persecuted church and obviously not understand not have a knowing of what they're going through but having a more real sense of knowing that god is with them and god mm-hmm. is providing and god knows the details and and that the suffering that God's mercy and goodness and kindness and him being a loving father and being with you is bigger mm-hmm. than the suffering he brings you through. Mm-hmm. And I know I was telling Abby that I think fear can take hold so easily because it's it's easier, at least it always has been easier in my mind, 
when I hear about horrific things and huge trials and stuff people are going through, it's easier for me to imagine the pain of that, Mm -hmm. the difficulty of that, and think of how overwhelmingly hard that would be. But I have very little times in my life really stopped in those moments to dwell on how good and how kind and how faithful and the the provisions God could bring Mm -hmm. and that he's going to be bigger than that. Right. But I think he's showing us that little by little in these hard things he's taking us through to where it's building our confidence that... Our confidence in him. I think that's Mm -hmm. what's important because I feel like I had many people say like, oh, you are just so strong to go through. So I could never go through something like that. And it's like... No, you feel crushed and... Yeah, uh, the opposite of strong. Mm -hmm. And But that's where it comes down to like, God brings something your way. He's going to also bring the means in which to bring you through it. And he's going to be there with you yes. in it. And he's the one that's second Corinthians 12, 9, that says his power is made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. Not when we're strong. It's his power is made perfect in our weakness for his glory, that he is the one that is showing off his power in our need, our weakness, our dependence on him. And that goes for whatever we're looking at that feels too big or too much. Mm-hmm. Right now it feels like homeschooling might feel like just living your normal life day to day might feel like too much. Maybe it's some suffering trial you have, but ultimately God is going to be bringing us through that. And he's not surprised by the things we're facing. Mm -hmm. He's not scrambling for a plan B. And he meets us in just different, unique ways in times of suffering than he does in any other time or season. Like it's just... I don't enjoy times of trial or suffering, but there is there is a joy sweetness to the- to the intimacy. I feel like because the dependence upon God is felt so much more deeply and so much more real because it just is. It's like a desperation for Him because you know you can't do it mm-hmm. as a part. From just your normal every day, it kind of just feels like you mm-hmm. move along your day on your own. Coffee and Jesus. <laughs> um, so, one of the books that someone bought for me and sent to me was a, a book called Suffering by Paul David Tripp that I loved laying in bed reading. And if you are facing any kind of suffering, I feel like that is definitely definitely recommend it. With the caveat of he's gone a little woke. Oh, dear. Mm. Well, that's a little bit disappointing. It is. He wrote that book before. Oh, okay. So I feel... So the book doesn't yes, feel like he's it has... as of now gone woke. You're just giving the... Like, I'm giving the caveat you're, you're that I'm not You're not necessarily saying, recommending all things. I do recommend his devotional, New Morning Mercies, yes. also. But anything from here on out he writes, just, I'm not... I'm not recommending. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, great. All right. We're done? I think so. Well, we'll be back hopefully next week. We'll see. Bye. Bye.